I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know you all missed me. I know. <laughs> but yesterday was a special circumstance on the south side. Mm-hmm. Today's a little bit different, though, because as you could probably hear from the sultry, sweet sound of my voice, <laughs> it is not at 100% today. So no. I'm going to give you about 15 minutes, and Chris is going to take you the rest of the way home. Today, on a Thursday, on January 4th, 2023, right here. On the south side beat, he is Chris Halleck. I am a raspy, less than 100% Corey Christen. We will do our best today from over here. Hello, Chris. Hi. We, we, we need the, uh, we need the um, south side beat nation here to uh, <laughs> uh, give Corey a nickname for today. Raspy Corey, um, just whatever. I, I, I'm not. When it comes to naming things, I'm pretty terrible, and that's pretty bad for being a writer. And also, have been having been a musician in the past. Coming up with names has always been a bad thing when it comes to articles, when it comes to uh, features, band names, songs. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. I've been terrible. I've always been terrible at coming up with names. To quote the Beatles, "I may not have a lot to give, but what I got, I'll give to you." <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do today. Sick bluebird, Corey. You know what? <sighs> More like a blackbird today. That's how I feel. I, I feel like I am into the light of a dark black. Oh, this I got is a, the tea. Hi, this rap. is a good one. Nice job, Rick. Rick. I got the hot tea. I got the water. I got the throat lozenges. I'm doing everything I can. It's not Whiskey. like I'm not like I feel fine, but it's like the throat, the sinus, that whole thing. Whiskey. But I feel completely fine. And I'm negative for COVID, so That's we press right, on. Yeah. We do what we can. And we have Steelers-Ravens coming up on Saturday. Whiskey. And, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get some whiskey going. That'll yeah. Help. A little honey, too, right in there, huh? No, that's a hot toddy. I don't need a hot that's, toddy. That's, just give me straight the, whiskey. That's what the tea's for right now. That's what we're we're working on. Every time I get sick, it's just straight whiskey, man. That's the best way to go. I mean, that's an elixir for a lot of people. That's what my grandfather used to do. That's as well. what they used to do back in the day. That's why yeah. I do. I mean, yeah, why not? All right, Steelers Ravens coming up Saturday, <laughs> four thirty. Infected, yeah. Basically, crackly, yeah. 
I mean, I mean, I'm all of that today. I feel great. Like I feel fine, genuinely. But the throat, the nose, the the sinus, nasal way, if you will, just ugly, disgusting. <clears throat> yeah. Um. No Lamar Jackson on Saturday for the Ravens, yep. Chris. That's yeah. Kind of the big thing to get into today, and you'll read later. We did, we did hit PittsburghSports.com. Yeah, we did uh, hit on that a little bit yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, but we talked about like, listen, like even with Lamar Jackson out, it's still a really good football team. The Ravens are still very, very good. Let's mm-hmm. not forget that whether he deserved it or not, whether you think he deserved it or not, Tyler Huntley was a Pro Bowl quarterback last year. Um, yep. Probably one of the best backups in the league, and not only – high quality backup, but plays really, really well within the system, the same system that Lamar Jackson plays. Um, and Jim put it this way, Huntley plays us well, and he has, he has played well, uh, probably even better than Lamar Jackson has against the Steelers. And so mm-hmm. I don't think John Harbaugh was going to hesitate at all to give his Potential MVP, two-time MVP quarterback, already already won MVP, could win another one this year. Should win another one. I'll, yeah. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah, I said that uh, yesterday, too. I, I said that, you know, I, I get a vote for at least for the PFWA one, and I will be voting for him. Um, but I'm just saying, like, you get, you get your chance to rest your MVP quarterback and then also play a quarterback who has played pretty well against this 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 opponent. So, um Yeah. And listen, Hodge says it. That's the real reason Lamar is sitting, so he doesn't hurt his MVP. I mean, why wouldn't you? You get an opportunity to rest your MVP quarterback, put a high-quality backup in who plays really well within the system. Mm-hmm. You don't have to adjust things you know, in order to play. Oh, well, this quarterback only does. No, Huntley can do. He just doesn't do it as, as at high of a level as Lamar Jackson does. And you're pretty much probably going to be facing the rest of the regular Ravens team. I would be surprised if they – rested anybody else like truly rested like you're not even getting a helmet yeah Um, if they do then it you know it happens but i still i don't think that's going to be the case so for this conversation and for the story that i wrote that you'll read on uh, dkpittsburghsports.com later this afternoon i went back in the time machine and i actually looked at that 2019 regular season finale yep ravens locked up the top seed they played the Steelers week 18 and they decided to bench rest. However you want to phrase it. Lamar Jackson, Marshall Yonda, Ronnie Stanley, Earl Thomas. There, were, there was a, a group of about, of about eight mm-hmm. or seven or eight that they rested in that game. And then the Ravens won that game. And this time, look, I, I, I mean, okay. So don't want Lamar to hurt his MVP case. Like, I think it's just more about not him getting hurt yeah, period he doesn't want to get hurt period yeah you you just want to keep him healthy if you're the ravens that, right. that, that, it's as simple as that and it's more than likely going to be more than lamar but mason cole said it to me uh today or yesterday rather the the ravens have to dress 47 guys so regardless of who's going to be out who whoever you know however many you know five six however many guys are going to be out mm-hmm there's still a group of professional football players that will have to play. They can't make all of the starters inactive. So they're going to pick and choose that battle. They're going to figure out on each side of the ball. Now, we already know Lamar's out and Darrell Worley's out, the cornerback. So John Harbaugh is going to have to balance all of that out, who he feels needs to get some reps, who he feels should play. 
mm-hmm. versus who he feels. Lamar Jackson's a, a no-brainer layup, and this, to me, is why the Ravens organization is so smart and, and so well-run and such a really good, well-oiled machine because they don't hesitate to do this, and they block out all of this talk of, well, Lamar could build rust, or, well, you know, look at the Titans game from the playoffs in 2020. Divisional round, the Ravens lost that game to the Titans. But that wasn't all Lamar's fault. So they can look at examples all they want. The fact of the matter is the Ravens are doing what they should do, mm-hmm. which is rest Lamar Jackson and rest other guys. They feel need rested. And that's going to benefit the Steelers, no question. But as you see from the title, and as you just mentioned, Chris, yeah, it doesn't guarantee the Steelers win this game. No, it doesn't. And and listen, like there's even like things like, you know, and I understand fans getting to, to this perspective here that Frank brings. Uh, says Lamar Jackson usually doesn't do well against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that uh, I think, you know, that he's scared of Pittsburgh. Don't you? Um, he didn't look scared earlier this year. No, uh, did not look scared at all. And, was, and I, I would very, very, I, I would, I will very confidently say that if the Ravens receivers didn't crap the bed in that game, the Ravens win that game handily. It dropped. Like, uh, they what, dropped a lot passes? of passes. It was a lot. Yeah, and a couple of them for touchdowns. I mean, yeah. they dropped some, not just oh well, they dropped this one on first down. Now it's second down. No, dropped passes in the end zone like multiple times. Like these were massive drops, like Chiefs level drops in <laughs> in a game. Like I, I'm not trying to take shots anywhere at, at any of their teams, but we're just like Kadarius Tony level drops. Like it was, it was, it was bad. And Lamar Jackson played. Really, really well in that game. I think now take this with a grain of salt. I'm not just saying this, you know, to back up my argument or anything. I think Lamar Jackson was the highest graded player by PFF in that game. And that time he deserved it. He was really, really good in that game. Um, it was not his fault. The Ravens lost that game. Uh, right. He, 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 man, the, 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 he did a great. And the one thing that I've seen in the, I haven't like studied Ravens tape or anything like that. But from what I've seen with Lamar Jackson, man, the biggest plays that he's making is with his arm. It's not him running all over the place. And he still ran for over 800 yards this year. It just, he's a really great quarterback. And I don't think the Ravens or, or Lamar himself are going to be playing or are going to be scared of the Steelers because they know if the Steelers get into the playoffs as the seventh seed and happen to win a wild card, that's who's good. That's who they're going to be playing in the, in the divisional round. So mm-hmm. they have to prepare for the possibility of Lamar playing the Steelers anyway. Yep. And with the way Lamar played against the Steelers earlier this year in the Steelers stadium, mind you, I, I don't know, man. I, it's a, to me, they're the team to beat in the NFL right now. They, they really are because they have embarrassed every other good team, like mm-hmm. not just beat them, but handily beat them. They just put up 56 on the dolphins, man. Like this Agreed. is, this is a very, very good football team. And, you know, for this particular game, Tyler Huntley, he's he's going to – it's still going to be a very, very difficult matchup. The Steelers are – you can't just automatically assume, oh, well, the Steelers are going to win, and then, oh, well, maybe, maybe now the Bills will lose or the Jags will like, No, they got to take care of business on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's the no, no Mark Andrews, that's for sure, as Swan says here. Um, another thing that yeah. Hill and Mike brings up, Weather's supposed to be really bad in Baltimore this weekend. Yeah. Not necessarily on Saturday or during the game, but Friday leading into it. Yeah. And it could be real sloppy. But keep in mind, the Ravens have the top rushing offense in the NFL. Most yeah. of that is because of Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. 
and the opportunities again, he creates. But that's again, still Huntley, really Huntley ex- executes mm-hmm. that system, though. He plays in that system the same way Lamar does, just not as at a high of a level. Let's let's get one thing out of the way too. Like they're not resting Lamar Jackson because they're scared of the Steelers no. or because Lamar doesn't do well against them, which he really doesn't. The playoffs, yeah. This is solely so he does not risk any injury in advance of the postseason. Because yep. quite honestly, for Lamar Jackson's sake, if he wins the MVP and he wins the Super Bowl, especially this year and the same year, he's to me, he's a future Hall of Famer. That's a resume. That's yeah, a resume. I mean, it's, on, it's on that way. I don't know if I'd quite go there yet, um, but he's, he's on the way there, uh, especially if he wraps up another MVP. That'll definitely help with his with his cause. Um, then when you start getting into, and when you, once you start getting to hall of fame talk, it's like, okay, did he win a ring? Um, you know, how many MVPs did they win? You know, that, that's a, that's a completely different discussion, but regardless, Lamar Jackson is one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in this league right now. Yep. Um, one of the best, you know, it depends on how you def- like, like what you value a quarterback, but one of the most dangerous, I don't, I don't think that's even an argument. Um, but, uh, you know, to kind of turn it toward the Steelers side of things, uh, yesterday, uh, three Pro Bowlers named um, for the for mm-hmm. this team. Uh, one of them was very obvious, TJ Watt. Um, Minka, I was a little surprised about just because of how much of the season he's missed. But then again, fan voting has a lot to do with uh, um, you know, obviously who makes the Pro Bowl and who doesn't. And uh, Minka is considerably, you know, one of the most popular like great safeties and when all else fails vote for Minka. <laughs> right. Um, but I, it was kind of good to see miles Kilberg get one. I know he had the really, really the one be- really, really bad game where he committed three special teams penalties in a game and like three different types of penalties. It was just a bad game. He still has two blocks this year. Um, really good to see him get, get that. I know he mm-hmm. talked about that on the South side today. I'd argue Joey Porter jr. Should have gotten in over Minka. Oh yeah, I think that's a better selection. Yeah, if you're doing defensive backs now, safeties, DBs, cornerbacks, what have you. Miles Kilbrew definitely deserving. When you make when you have two punt blocks like that, I think a third one was technically ruled a tip, and like it wasn't a block per se. But yeah. I'd have to go back and look. But when you make impact play after impact play on special teams like that, yeah. mm-hmm. that's what you get voted the Pro Bowl for. Yeah, um, TJ obvious, right? Like. Could win defensive player of the year. Should win defensive player. Should win defensive player of the year, arguably. <laughs> yeah. No question about it. I, but I would I would argue Joey Porter Jr. should be an over Manka. Maybe even Highsmith. Alex Highsmith is. Yeah, just Highsmith. I mean, only seven sacks for Highsmith. Uh, you know, the, the numbers just aren't there. And there have been too many times this season for me when Highsmith has kind of gone, you know, kind of gone radio silent. And it's just kind of been like, Where's he at? You know, and it's it's not like, oh, he's playing poorly. It's just he's not making an impact. That doesn't mean he's not do, he's not containing the edge. He's not doing other things that make him, you know, a solid player on that side, but a really great player like we saw last year. Um, I, I don't know if it's Pro Bowl level for, for Highsmith. I, I think it's been a solid year for him for sure. Definitely not a disappointment at all, uh, but I just I'd like to see a little bit more production uh, out of Highsmith, uh, at least double digit sacks. I think, especially for what you're paying, what you're paying them, mm-hmm. I, I would expect at least 
10 sacks a season or at least close to it, something like that. I mean, your your main job on the at, at edge rusher is to get after the quarterback. Right. Uh, Panzer Shrek Pete says all pro means a lot more. Completely agree. Yes, it does. Even Completely if you're second agree. team all pro, yeah. it does not matter. Like first team, second team, you get named all pro. That's that's how you that's how you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. As you could tell, I'm on the struggle bus with respect to my vocal cords. <laughs> um, little little under the weather. Feel fine. Just got to manage, maintain. So I'm yeah, going to check out. Yeah, you got a trip to Baltimore to get ready for. So, <clears throat> and I'm heading to Baltimore tomorrow. So I'm going to rest the vocal cords for the rest of the evening. Chris is going to take you home in the last 15 minutes or so here on the show. Yeah. I'm going to step away. I will talk to you all hopefully tomorrow. We'll find out. Uh, we will have a show. It's just a matter of whether I attend or not. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk to you soon, Chris and chat. Thank you for joining. And uh, here's Chris. Put your questions in chat for Chris. Yeah, for sure. We'll, time. Talk. we'll This talk. is the time to do it. So. Talk to you all later, Chris. It's all you. Go on. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. All right, guys. Uh, Corey, just hope uh, hope he feels better. Obviously, this is uh, you know he uh, <laughs> Swan says I see a cool karaoke in Corey's future. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Hope hope Corey feels better. This is a, a crummy time of year. Um, Should have went for a run last night, and even even here in North Texas, man, we're we're getting you know some of the. The, the cooler weather, it's always cooler in the evenings and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, once it gets really windy and stuff, it could just it can hit your vocal cords in bad ways, even if you're not feeling bad. So um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about in terms of like, like, don't take these guys for granted, uh, not just the guys who are made it to the Pro Bowl. Obviously, that, that's, uh, you know, TJ and Minka, they're obviously players that you're going to want to always have. You're going to always just don't don't ever take a second of them for granted. But. I'm I'm beginning to think, especially with the with the conversations that we were having a few weeks ago about who on the offense can be a leader, can really kind of carry on the Steelers way uh, of things. There was one thing that happened yesterday um, is uh, th- that kind of made me think about this. And that was Najee Harris um, with the whole. um angry runs thing. So he won the angry runs thing that, that, that NFL like good morning football does. Um, and so it's like, it's the fifth time he's won the scepter from Kyle Brandt, uh, for the, um, uh, for the angry runs thing. And, uh, <clears throat> every single time you like Najee gets like the first time he got it, he's all smiling. You, you can see the pictures and he's just getting less and less interested in, in like the, the, the angry run scepter. And uh, so fifth time, it's like, what's he going to do for the picture? And instead of sending a picture of him with the scepter, um, he sends a picture. Uh, he like he Najee and the Steelers sent a picture to Kyle Brandt so that Kyle Brandt can tweet it out. He sent a picture of the entire offensive line and tight end group. And with with one of the guys, I think it was Mason Cole holding the hold of, holding the the scepter. And to me, that was awesome that was that to me is 
the Steelers way of doing something. It's like, yeah, I like Najee deserves the credit for the countless stiff arms that we saw, you know, against the Seahawks. I mean, he threw the, the one corner. He had the other run for the 23 yards where he started to stiff arm the guy and then literally carried him for like 10 to 12 yards down the field while just continuing to stiff arm him until finally somebody else were able to get, you know, get in on him and, and, and pull him down. Um, Najee earned his way to that 120 plus yards that he had on the ground, but it obviously that does not happen. Um, yeah. And Hodge says this, that second touchdown was three tight ends. It was Najee did not get into the end zone by himself on that second touchdown. He got pushed in. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, yeah. William says like, don't forget Warren. I'm not, I'm not forgetting Jalen Warren in all this. I'm not forgetting Warren. And actually, if you go to Najee's Instagram, I saw this yesterday. If you go to Najee's Instagram, there was a commercial with him and Jalen in it. Uh, And it was promoting Dollar Dollar General, I think it was, and Bounty. And they're talking about you can't eat wings without Bounty and you can't go to the Dollar General without buying Bounty or whatever. And it's just them like talking and stuff like that. And, and, you know, it's you can see like they're they're buddies. You know, so there's no like Najee versus Jalen or anything like that. These guys are teammates. They want to be, they want to be like those two guys, like carrying the rock. Um, but man, I, yeah, it's just, um, it's still awesome to see Najee, like even like even if he's tired of the whole scepter thing, to to kind of give that credit. Like I don't get those yards without that offensive line blocking the way they did and with the, with the tight ends blocking the way that they did. That to me is the Steelers way of doing things. That is not just, it's putting the team before yourself and Najee has showed before a lot of traits of that. Whenever he's talked, whenever there's been a lot of criticism of Matt Canada or whoever else in the past, he's usually the first one that's always come out to say, us players have to execute. You can blame coaches all you want. Us players have to execute. Holding himself and the and the rest of the players in the locker room accountable. What were the two traits that I would say whenever I described the Steelers' way? Accountability and excellence. Accountability is a huge thing. That's that's holding yourself accountable, and that's also holding your teammates accountable. Najee, to me, is the guy who I would think, if there's one guy that I would have to pick on the offense who could be the guy to carry on the Steelers way on that side of the ball, it would be Najee. Um, Mark asks, uh, Hey Chris, any doubt that Najee gets his fifth year option picked up? Uh, they have to decide that uh, this off season. Um, I would have a hard time declining that fifth year option to be completely honest. Um, Jalen Warren is, uh, I, you want to keep him around too, uh, for sure. Um, Remember, Jalen was an unrestricted free or uh, undrafted, un- unrestricted, undrafted free agent when the Steelers signed him. So his contract ends after three years instead of four, like when somebody, when a player is normally drafted. So after next season, they're also going to have to, you know, try to lock up Jalen, you know, before the end or before next offseason if they want to extend him. So you got to figure out a way. If you want to try to keep both, you got to figure out a way to do that. And obviously, and Hodge says, you know, a fifth year option estimated to be at eight and a half. Like to me, well, first off, I, I read this, I read this stat yesterday. 
that since 2021, Najee has more yards than uh, Christian McCaffrey, um, uh, Dalvin Cook, a couple of other, uh, a couple of other like really big name running backs. I can't remember the other two. And of course, like you're gonna put like a lot of those, uh, a few of those other running backs ahead of Najee. Of like, if you had to have Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, it's like obviously you take Christian McCaffrey. Like in terms of like who's the better running back, but also the best ability is availability like that whole saying and Najee's there every game. He, he, I mean, even whenever he's kind of battling injuries, he doesn't miss games. He's been there. It's one of the main reasons why he does have over 3000 yards in three seasons. Um, I think he needs like 77 or something. He needs 70 something yards to get to a thousand against, uh, against the Ravens. Um, so, and if that'd be the case, that'd be, you know, a thousand yard season in each of his first three seasons. That's a great way to start your career, especially in a, in a passing league. Uh, and especially since the fact that the Steelers did not run the football and at the early stages of last season or this season, um, they figured it out a little bit more. And, and honestly, here's a good thing, uh, that, uh, uh, Pete brings up uh, Franco and, uh, Rocky is right, like Franco and, 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 um, uh, Rocky or Najee and Jalen, perfect complimentary football. Um, listen, I like the last one that I think the Steelers had. Like, I'm obviously not taking anything away from Franco and Rocky. Obviously, that that was like the epitome of like two running backs at the same time being phenomenal. Um, but you know, the the last one that the Steelers had was I'd say Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams. And obviously, D'Angelo Williams only came in because Lev was gonna you know obviously serve that suspension. Uh, and so they wanted to bring somebody else in, and that turned out to be like, hey, when Lev needs a, needs a spell, you got D'Angelo Williams going in there, and D'Angelo's not that much of a drop-off. And that was a phenomenal way to have like a one-two punch kind of. But that was still more like Lev's the guy, and D'Angelo's like a really, really good, like, yeah, like let, let, like let's not, <laughs> you know, let's not have the drop-off in production be so far down. Um Mark says uh, bus and uh, fast Willie Parker. Oh, that was obviously a good one too. Uh, but I think especially like in 05, like Willie Parker was the guy like, and, and bus was the short yardage guy. I mean, like, like Bettis wasn't getting any, anything more than, uh, um, uh, you know, Bettis wasn't getting like a, a whole, I think the, really the bears game in that season was really the only time that Bettis was like the feature back. I think the, for the most part, Willie Parker was the guy. And obviously the way that that season ended with him getting the 75 yard run in the super bowl, that was kind of like, and obviously Bettis retiring and everything like that. But that was, that season was really the kind of the beginning, like the, the, the full on transition from like, okay, Willie Parker is about to become our main running back. Um, <laughs> that's bad. Moelde Moore and Najee Davenport, man alive. We're going to be bringing up a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of um, obscure uh, running backs from Steelers, like, like, like Tomlin era running backs that aren't named Le'Veon Bell or Willie Parker. Um, shoot, man, we're going to start getting some Isaac Redman uh, mentions and stuff like that. <laughs> Uh, Mark says, yeah, Najee leaves, uh, leaves like a 20 yard burst. I don't know if he like leads. He's definitely one of the leaders for sure. I, I'm not like discounting you, Mark. I just know that he, he's been up there since like near the beginning of the season. Najee's having one of the, like arguably like statistically his best season. Like I'm really, really 
like, like, yeah, like even if he doesn't get a thousand yards, you look at everything else, like his yards per carries are up or his yards per carries up um, like 20 plus run yard. I mean, it, like a, a lot of the main reason why Najee's not having statistically like where you could be like, oh, he's definitely having the best season is Jalen's also getting a lot of touches. Deservedly so. Jalen absolutely has earned his spot at, at, you know, having, you know, getting now whole series when whenever they want to give Najee a break. Um, and that's we had red zone Redmond. Yep. I remember him. Uh, who was the other running back? Somebody helped me out. And I think they both had a role, like, for example, in that Charlie in the Charlie Batch game against the Ravens in Baltimore. You know, the one where they won where, where Batch was the backup. There was another running back from that era that I cannot put my finger on. Um, Red Redmond was in that. It was in that same era as Redmond. I just can't think of his name and it's going to bother me. Um, uh, Bob, I don't think it was Gary Russell. Gary Russell was on, uh, was on the Super Bowl winning team um, in, uh, in 08. Um, yeah, I was, I don't know if it was Gary Russell. I, I think, yes, that's what Jonathan Dwyer. There we go. There we go. Jonathan Dwyer. That was the other guy I was thinking of. Man, some obscure running backs. Um, yeah, Barry, I mean, Barry Foster. Uh, that, that's going back to my childhood. That was my, that was like one of my first favorite players watching growing up was Barry Foster. Um, and fun fact, whenever I was on the Rangers beat the, you know, for sports illustrated, I was on the Rangers beat. One of the guys who works in the media, uh, kind of, kind of more on the media on like the multimedia side, like podcasting and stuff like that. Um, went to the same high school and played high school football on the same high school football team as Barry Foster. Um, so yeah, uh, that was uh, pretty cool. I was, you know, told him like that uh, Barry Foster was like one of my favorite players growing up. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, oh, Chris Fumatu Mafala. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> man, I'm seeing all these, uh, all these names, man. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, we're, when we're talking about Naj, man, like Najee's to me, he, he is not just in terms of like performance on the field, but now what is what he's really shown really over the past couple of seasons. Like he was a captain last year. Again, one of the first guys to really be outspoken uh, against, you know, criticism against coaches and holding the players accountable, holding himself accountable, did it again this year. Um, to me, he has become that guy. And he, you know, there there are gonna be a lot of critics of Najee because when you take a running back in the first round, the expectations, deservedly so, should be through the roof. Like you should be getting somebody who very quickly, probably in year two or year three, becomes the best running back, or at least one of the top three running backs in the league. And I don't think you'd call Najee that. Um, but Najee's still a very, very he's still a productive running back. And again, I don't, I don't overvalue, and I don't think the Steelers overvalue um, uh, that they overvalue like the intangibles, like leadership, what they bring to the locker room. Um, you know, Kamala says not worth a new contract. Uh, that's a kind of a different discussion. You don't, ha- you really don't have to worry about that for um, at least two more years because he's obviously under contract for at least for at least one more year. And if they pick up the fifth year option, then for two more years, and they could even, if they wanted to, um, you know, franchise tag him and keep him for a sixth year. Now that would obviously cost a lot more money. Um, 
But, you know, and, and Pete says run, uh, aren't running back contracts these days are relatively cheap. And I, I just begin to wonder, I don't know when that when the CBA is up, but I do kind of wonder how the players union is going to kind of go after that because there are obviously a lot of running backs uh, who uh, have been very outspoken about the way contracts have gone down. So, oh boy, Michael brings them up. Somebody had to bring him up. Rashad Mendenhall. Rashad Mendenhall. Yeah, uh, he's going to leave a bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths, not only because of the fumble in the Super Bowl, but obviously for a lot of the stuff he has said in the media uh, or or not in the media stuff he said on his Twitter account and stuff since then. Um, you know, I, I always enjoyed watching Hall run. I thought he was a good running back. Um, but obviously, whenever you have that big of a fumble, you know, it, I think mentally it's hard to come back from that. And obviously you can, if anybody hasn't watched uh, the episode of the pivot uh, that, you know, Ryan Clark hosts um, that Mendenhall was on, I saw Mendenhall in a different light in that episode than I think I've ever seen him. Um, and I thought that that was, uh, I thought that was pretty revealing. If you haven't watched it, I highly go, I highly recommend to go watch it. Um because, I mean, you could see, like, honest conversations between he and Ryan Clark in that. And remember, they were teammates in that Super Bowl. Um, and see, Mr. Woods, see why I said, or Woods, you know, says, you know, he fumbled that Super Bowl away. Like, I, first off, everybody who's on that, who was on that team is going to tell you that they did not lose because of that fumble. That was one play. They shouldn't have fallen behind as much as they did. They shouldn't have turned the ball over as much as they did early in the game. I would say the same thing that like, yes, that fumble was absolutely costly. It's to me, it's like, you know, it's in the same, it's in the same realm a little bit, not exactly, but it's in the same realm as the loss into the Cowboys in Super Bowl 30. They fell down. They were down 20 to seven, you know, the Steelers against the Cowboys, they were down 20 to seven. They kick the field goal. They go for the onside kick. They get the onside kick. They go down. They score a touchdown. All of a sudden, it's a three-point game. And all the momentum's on the Steelers' side. And then Neil O'Donnell, two interceptions right to Larry Brown. And that's the game. Um, and then so, you know, you you look at, uh, um, you know, that Super Bowl against the Packers, you know, you know, interception, you know, turnovers early in that game, they fall down. I mean, when you fall that far behind early in the game, man, you just, it's difficult to overcome that, especially in, in that big of a game. Um, it's just, it is. And uh, I don't think if you lost a game because of a fumble in which you're trying to come back, you know, then I, I don't know. I, I just don't think that that that's the, was it an impactful play? Absolutely. That was a terrible time to to fumble the ball. It was also a really good defensive play. It was helmet on the football. It's the same thing that happened to Jerome Bettis. And let's – I don't usually like to play the hypothetical game, but how is Jerome Bettis remembered if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't make that tackle on that fumble? It's the same type of fumble, helmet on the football, ball pops out, they pick it up. What if they go down and score a touchdown and the Steelers don't win that game? How is Jerome Bettis remembered at that point? Uh, it, it, one play, whichever way it swings, can change the way. And I think that's kind of the, that's kind of a good example of how one play and showing either way that it can swing, and shows how somebody can be remembered. Um, obviously, Jerome Bettis was a Hall of Famer before he even fumbled that football, and that's a big difference between Bettis and Mendenhall. 
but in terms of like how that one play. Um, yeah, I was like, that's the way it is for a lot of fans. I'd be less pissed if it weren't in the Super Bowl. A lot of player, a lot, of, a lot of people would be. I wouldn't be as pissed because you know, obviously, you don't want to fumble that, and obviously, you could see, you could see, especially when you watch that episode of the Pivot, how much that, how much he's carried that around. I mean, for everybody who's mad about it because your favorite team didn't win, imagine the guy who actually fumbled the ball carries it, carries it around with him. I mean, how often do you get? Um, yeah. Mark says, but we were about to take the lead, Chris. Good point about Bettis, though. <laughs> I mean, that's true. No. Um, all right. So we probably should go ahead and wrap it up. Um, but yeah, just a final thought here. And just just you know, to kind of you know, put that put that point uh about Najee, man. Don't take don't take these guys for granted. Yeah, you know, when 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 these when when these players come around, like, yeah, like listen, again. When you take a running back in the first round, you expect a, a lot more out of them, you know. And, I, and I'm not saying that 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 criticism isn't warranted, you know. But um, when you combine the productivity with the kind of leader he has become in that locker room and become quickly in that locker room, um, to me, absolutely at least worth the fifth year option at least worth the fifth year option for sure. Um, and don't take these guys for granted. And right now with the Steelers, that doesn't need to be a Najee versus Jalen thing. These guys have, this team has a phenomenal one, two punch at running back. Um, they've shown against the Seahawks. They've shown it in other games <clears throat> when those two get going and that offensive line is blocking man alive. <laughs> they can run the football and they can control the game. Um, and if they're going to beat the Ravens, that's the best way to do it, especially if the weather is going to be bad, if the field's going to be sloppy, best way to do it is just ground and pound, beat those guys on the ground. Um, oh, Hodge, somebody had to bring it up, I guess. Still, still discuss about the Jesse James catch. It was a catch, by the way. And with the way the NFL calls catches nowadays, it would be a catch. But there's got to be a play that helps change the rule so that everybody can, you know, Everybody else can benefit from it in the in the in, you know in the future, but Jesse James had to be the one to push it over the edge. All right, guys, <clears throat> appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, you know, best wishes to Corey that he can uh, you know feel better. Um, it's not fun to do podcasts when you when your throat hurts uh, and, and when you uh, don't necessarily have a voice. <laughs> so uh, appreciate Corey, uh, you know, joining us for 15 minutes. Um, uh, we'll be doing a show tomorrow, no matter what, whether Corey's on or not, we'll do a show tomorrow. Uh, we'll do our picks. If Corey's not on tomorrow, I'll get his pick from him <clears throat> and, uh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun, man. If it's not Corey, uh, tomorrow we'll do a, we'll do a rapid fire Friday. Uh, you know, it'll be a football Friday, so we'll do rapid fire. We'll, we'll answer some questions. We'll talk about the game. Uh, you know, more, you know, X's and O's type situation, how the Steelers match up, how they can win this game. Obviously, since we know who the quarterback is going to be for the Ravens now. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll do that tomorrow uh, for sure. Uh, and hopefully Corey can join us. And if he does, then obviously we're still going to talk uh, a lot about this game. It's a big, obviously it's the last game of the year, biggest game of the year. The Steelers win and they get a little bit of help. They're in the playoffs uh, and then anything can happen. And once the playoffs start, uh, even for this team, that's, uh, at one point looked like it was not even close to sniffing the playoffs. And now all of a sudden they can get in and 
who knows what will happen. All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining me, for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow for a closing line. Catch you guys. To quote Michael Scott, catch you guys on the flippity flip. <clears throat>